It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's a great pleasure to be back on board once again today because the Minnesota Wild are now winners of 12 straight games. That's right, 12 consecutive victories for the Minnesota Wild. A dozen, the franchise record continues, baby. And that also means we are primed and ready for the final showdown, (laughs) an ultimate showdown, where somebody's huge winning streak is going to come to an end as the Minnesota Wild and Columbus Blue Jackets will (laughs) take the ice tonight, Saturday, December the 31st, New Year's Eve, ladies and gentlemen. So the last podcast, my last podcast period of 2016 will be this episode of Brave the Wild. So it's an honor to be on board with you today. To talk about a hockey club that's playing as good as just about anybody in the NHL. There's only one team that's so far been playing better. Hopefully, the Wild can shut them down and become the hottest team in the league. It's crazy. 12 wins in a row and you're not even the hottest team in the league officially because there's one team even hot. It's it's insane when you think about that. Uh, So... Let's get started. Tuesday, December the 27th. Two games to preview or review, by the way. Uh, so this show probably won't be the longest thing ever because there's, you know, there's a lot of break time in between these games, including, uh, the, uh, the preview segment coming up. Minnesota Wild beat Nashville three to two in overtime as the Wild now are winning games in overtime, not even having to go to the shootout. It's a nice goal to set. Don't, don't even, don't go to the shootout. That's too risky. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> the Wild get things started early on. Gotta like it. They actually play a song every time the other team scores and, uh... <laughs> In Nashville, it's pretty funny. They play that, no, 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 no. You know, like they play that 80s song. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> They're kind of sad. Uh, Zach Parisi had a solid week. Scoring here in the power play. Uh, basically setting a screen in front of Patrick Rene Off a shot from Dumba. And there you go. Uh, Coyle, of course, uh, adding an assist in that one. But good. Good to see Parisi on the power play and netting a sixth goal of the season. Very nice. Philip Forsberg. With a pretty good goal early in the second period off the post, using the post basically on that one. Close enough, and it went in past Dubnik. I guess that's the only way to beat Dubnik, as the hottest he's been at this point. But luckily for the Wild, less than two minutes later, Chris Stewart on... This is a highlight play. I mean, Jordan Schrader, by the way, who I like a lot, uh, really showing his value. And Mr. Boo telling everybody why. Uh, he's He's been out there. I mean... 
He's earned it really hard, and this is what's amazing about Bruce Boudreaux, is you're seeing players like Jordan Schrader, like Gavak, and others emerge and improve, and of course you're seeing just about everybody else who looked at, like, ah, man, he's not really as good as we hoped, like Granlin become really good, Zucker become really good, uh, Chris Stewart is showing some serious value, even though he's not the best player in the world, but uh, there was a time he was a 60-point guy with Colorado. Uh, I don't think we'll be seeing that, but again, showing serious value on that fourth line, sometimes third line. Uh, Jordan Schrader bringing the puck up with that speed. That's where his value comes. Just great speed. Zips it over to Eric Stahl as Schrader kind of getting behind the net a little bit. And Stahl just like, just lulling the goal. That, that's what he does. Just lulling Rene to sleep as he zips a pass over to Chris Stewart to finish. It was just a highlight play. Eric Stahl showing unbelievable value. And then literally three minutes later, Reed Boucher, who nobody knows who he is hardly, uh, just getting started. First, It was only a second game with the Nashville Predators, scoring his first goal. Stewart was, uh, excuse me, Spurgeon was draped all over the guy. And he managed to get it to squeak through uh, Devin Dubnik. This is not the first. This is the first of two times into going into the New York Islander game. Another one where the puck just kind of squirted through uh, Mr. Dubnik's legs. Couldn't believe what we're seeing there. Uh, Boucher, more of a fourth line guy, just kind of a young, young player, fourth round pick a few years back. Not really done too much in the NHL. With getting his first goal as a National Predator on that one. He saw Jared Spurgeon bang his stick on the boards. He was pretty pissed off. Third period, of course, uh, Rene and Dubnik very strong together. Luck- luckily for the Wild, Dubnik not cutting anything past. Unfortunately, though, uh, Rene much more sharp than last time around. And hey, you know, you figure he is one of the better goalies in the league. So uh, he- he's going to stop the puck. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's going to stop the puck most of the time. You're not going to think he's going to have a he's going to struggle all the time like uh, apparently Halak was with the New York Islanders. The Wild getting 39 total shots in this game, which is crazy. So Patrick Rene definitely a very strong performance for him. But then Jared Spurgeon out there in overtime, where a lot of people were like, "Why was he out there? What's he doing out there?" And again, similar to the last play, just bring bringing puck up, bringing the puck up uh, aggressively after a nice feed from Charlie Coyle kind of a lead pass, and then Schrader just takes off, showing that speed like he's always had. And then a beautiful zip over to Jared Spurgeon for the one-timer, buries it past Patrick Rene and the Wild, get their 11th victory in a row. Jared Spurgeon is going to factor in the scoring on both nights as well. Really cool to see these guys emerge. Uh, Jordan Schrader, really nice. Uh, two, two points in this game, and they were both very valuable, leading to goals along the way with that speed. Just kind of freeing things up <clears throat> and, and hitting the... Hitting the trailers behind him for for nice shots, or in, or, or in uh, Eric Stahl's case, to get, to get the puck over to Chris Stewart, because it's more of a tic-tac type of goal in that situation. But Devin Dubnik standing very strong in this game. Not We, we, we weren't quite expecting what we were going to get the next night. A pretty sloppy performance, I would have to say, by both teams. Both goalies not so good in this game. Devin Dubnik not the best. Now, of course, I'm talking about the New York Islanders game as we move quickly to Thursday, December the 29th, a 6-4 to four victory for the Minnesota Wild. But boy, this was uh, kind of scary, to be quite honest. 6-4, to four. what the hell? Uh, Ryan Suter was awesome during the whole night. Uh, Marco Scandella, midway through the second period, kind of stepping up a bit. Off a nice pass from uh, Mikhail Granlin, finishing his second goal of the season. So Marco Scandella in, only in two weeks has two goals, so that's nice. And then things going quickly sour for the Wild. Chimera just right over Dubnik's shoulder. It was like, huh, it was not the best goal I've seen. Uh, you'd think Dubnik would normally glove that one, but he just wasn't ready for it. 
Nicoletti, kind of similar to the Parisi goal the night before, kind of a screenplay on the power play off of John Tavares' hard, hard shot. You'd think it'd be the other way around, the defenseman would be back, but in this case, John Tavares was on the point, shooting it on very hard, getting the assist on Nicoletti's deflection. So, I mean, I can't get too mad at that goal because those happen. They really do. Uh, and then things get kind of weird and funny, kind of some funny goals that happen during the course of this game. The Stewart won Pominville, basically off of a pass from Suter. <laughs> he mishandled the puck and then magically goes to Chris Stewart, just kind of mishandled it, lost the puck on the play, and it just went right to Stewart, who was able to finish Halak not ready for it. Stewart using Halak's back. As a literally a backboard for the goal seventh of the year or of the year, Stewart again another guy who's been stepping up significantly, and this was the first of a record three goals for the Wild. Eighty seconds, the Wild will score three goals after going down two one to the New York Islanders. So the Wild, you know, they trailed for about seven eight minutes, and then bam bam they're they're ahead by two goals. I mean, the Islanders must have been shell shocked at this point, including Yurosov Halak, who unfortunately for him was put on waivers after this game. That's how that's how that's how he was treated after this. Uh, Jared Spurgeon getting his fourth goal of the year, and then Jordan Schrader attacking the net like he does, getting tripped on the play. He could have got hurt, banging into the wall, just kind of laying there covered in ice, stuck with the play, no penalty called, and then he ends up getting a feed from Brodeen and finishing it. Ultimately, second goal of the year for Jordan Schrader. Way to stick with it. And this, I mean, there's a reason, man, why he's in why he's in the NHL now, and I'm very happy for him. It's too bad people get hurt and such. And that's why sometimes people get called up. But I think Jordan Schrader may have earned himself a roster spot with this team in the bottom six. A bottom six guy that can provide serious offense. And also, you, you might see him, you know, you'll see him in overtime periods because you need speed in, in overtime. And he really <laughs> helps the Wild in that case. Second goal of the year, though, way to stick with it. Kind of almost similar to the Montreal goal, kind of close up. But in this case, uh, a bit more traffic. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Stewart kind of, or Schrader kind of got... Kind of lucky, but kind of, but still, way to stick with the play in the Montreal one. This one was a was a good one. Brock Nelson, after uh, the Jason Shamira goal much earlier, made you think, boy, Dubnik, this really isn't his night. Brock Nelson, though, this was a great play. A one timer off a pass from Shane Price, and then and, and then just a couple seconds later, so the Islanders getting two goals in less than a minute, all both from Brock Nelson. This was kind of like a kind of like a hook. He just kind of had the puck, kind of swung around. Dubnik not ready for it. Um, I don't know. I it was, it was a great shot and everything, but I think Dubnik could have had this one. I think he could have. That was frustrating. And Dubnik, fourth goal of the game allowed with the whole third period remaining. Luckily, Dubnik would not let another puck go past. Eric Halla, this is the goofiest goal ever. As Nino Niederreiter decided to play pinball, I guess, with Eric Halla. Not really, but it turned out that way. It was literally a pinball goal off of both of Eric Halla's skates. It started with the left skate into the right skate and passed Kurosaw Halak. And then Mikhail Granlin does what he does, boy. Uh, using that speed, using that speed and that aggressive defense to get another empty netter. Now, of course, Stahl was the guy that broke up the play and recovered the puck, but ultimately. <laughs> Mikhail Granlund able to finish on it using that steed and attacking the net. Ninth goal of the season. And this is must be his like his it's gotta be like his fifth empty netter this year. But hey, he'll take it. And you know, you gotta bury those. And and that's what counts for them. That's what counts. Bury them. Guys, again, like I always talk about, guys that, you know, maybe a maybe a penalty should have been called in a situation where a guy gets held when he could have had a breakaway for an empty netter, or they just don't get on the puck. They don't get to it. 
Granlin gets to it, so yes, okay, it might be a cheap goal in terms of that it's an empty netter, but he still earned it by getting to the puck. Hard work there, and you know what? Give him credit. Uh, Granlin, 27 points on the season. I'm not mad at all. Very pleased with what you've been seeing out of Granlin. You've got Eric Stahl with 30 points on the season. Charlie Coyle, 30 points, leading the team with 12 goals. Nobody on pace for 30 goals, if you can believe it. Zach Greasy kind of picking up the pace a bit. Schrader, if he keeps it up, he'll be he'll be just under 40 points for the season, according to the projected, uh, projected goal amount. That's pretty impressive when you think about it. Hopefully Schrader can keep up at least some decent play here. Four points in only six games since being called up. Very, very positive for him. There's talk that, well, if somebody has to go back, it might be just Curtis Gabriel. I mean, why... Why send Jordan Schrader back down? Obviously, he's dominating at the AHL level. Why not give him a chance up here? He's obviously a first-round pick in the past by the Vancouver Canucks, who did not work out. But now, his production level is so strong, he's almost already at a season high. I mean, he's he, career high in points, I should say. Uh, he, I mean, he's had nine points before in, in like a 30-game period with Vancouver. And he, he was okay with the Wild a few years ago. He actually played in playoff games against the St. Louis Blues. So... He's, you know, he's been around. I've always thought he deserves to at least get on that fourth line. And I think I think he's getting to the point now, and especially with this coach who figures out what buttons to push with, with these young guys, young to slightly young guys in, in Schrader's case. Uh, he, he knows what buttons to push, tells them what to work on, and look what look at the production you're getting. Now, of course, Grayevac isn't necessarily scoring goals all the time, but he, his, his hard work really helps in a big way, and when he does score, it's always a highlight. Now, actually, Schrader was a 22nd pick. <laughs> it was the fact that he had nine points. I mean, the numbers mixed up, so I do apologize. But yeah, nine points was a career high. He had eight with the, with the Wild during his first year here in Minnesota. I thought he was strong here in only 25 games. He can play. I think he can play. It was all about, you know, hard work and such with him in the past. People kind of questioned his work ethic, but, and people, and it's funny too, how back-to-back, or how multiple players coming out of training camp, I should say, you think, boy, what's going on? I mean, Boudreaux not impressed at all with Grayovac. That's not a good sign. I mean, Grayovac isn't really that great after all. He's not going to work out. And then Schrader, they're like, well, this was probably his last chance. He's done. He's done. I mean, he got sent down right away, blah, blah, blah. And then look look at him now. It's like Boudreaux is like it's like Boudreaux is like a phoenix for some of these young guys. How they rise from the ashes under Bruce Boudreaux, and that's what's happening. And it's pretty cool, uh, very awesome. Again, Zucker, same thing. I mean, I mean, God knows where he could have been if Mike Yo was still the head coach. I mean, things were not going anywhere. Eric Halla, things were not going well with Mike Yo and Eric Halla. And, of course, that was not a goal by Eric Halla, but it was a goal. It was not a goal, but it was a goal. So, <laughs> six goals a year for Eric Halla. I just hope the guy can stay healthy. But 11 points on the year for him. Good for him in a 25-game uh, stint so far with multiple injuries, unfortunately. Hopefully, he can stay healthy for the most part the rest of the season. Zach Breezy, another guy, obviously, he's been he was, <clears throat> obviously he'd through back injuries, ankle injuries, and then you get the sickness multiple times. Hopefully, he can stay healthy, not only physically, but like, yeah, you know, like physical, like bones and such, but actual health too, like, you know, like, <laughs> it's crazy that he's been sick multiple times already, but starting to show a little bit of the Zach Crazy again that we, that we knew and love from that screening and scoring, that type of deal. He's a, he's a great goal screener, ultimately, for the Minnesota Wild and for the New Jersey Devils, and going all the way back to his days with the North Dakota Fighting Sioux, yeah, I said the name because that's what they were called then. Now they're, I don't even remember, right? <laughs> no, Fighting Hawks, Fighting Hawks, that's funny. Oh, well, they got their name, they're happy with it. 
So let's pass out the awards, shall we? Only two games. Mike Madonna Award for the week. Well, I'm going to give it to two people. I'm. I, it's like, you know, because so many people, so many players stepped up in this one. You know, I could almost give it to a trifecta. I was thinking of doing that. Gordon Strader and Eric Stahl are going to get the Mike Madonna Award. Very strong honorable mention to uh, Ryan Suter. I almost ought to give it to him. I mean, I gave it to three players last week, so I guess I'll do it to give it to Ryan Suter as well. Very strong away. Good, good, strong defense and assisting on multiple goals along the way. Really racking up the points, helping out in the Stewart and Spurgeon goals along the way in the in the Islanders game, but also he helped in the Nashville game. And his play has been absolutely fantastic for the Wild. Way better player than he was before. Less minutes, less times you're going to hear he was gassed, and you're going to get better play from Ryan Suter. It's just that simple. You overplay a guy, he's going to be burnt out, and he's going to have bad, bad moments. Bad moments can lead to bad games, ladies and gentlemen, and then you lose. And then you lose. So, yeah, it's good we have a real coach <laughs> back behind there. Mike Yo, sure, okay, he's a real coach, but he didn't handle the veterans the way he needed to. A little more, little more disciplined than that. Would have been nice. Uh, the... Jared, the Jared, yeah, I'm going crazy. The James Shepard Memorial, I'm just too excited today. Uh, James Shepard Memorial, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. An honorable mention to Dubnik. I'm not going to give it really to Dubnik, but honorable mention, he struggled in that game, but it wasn't all his fault. I mean, you saw misplays so many times around in the game. Just in general, the the defense and goaltending will say in the New York Islanders game not what it needed to be and that's not just the def- and that's not the defenseman necessarily it's forwards and defense and poor play i i can't give it to an individual player um dubnik was not sharp in the game but so were a lot of the not of the skaters in this one uh so at least the <clears throat> at least the scoring stepped up though on the other end thank god and again forwards poor defense goes along with the defenseman poor defense god forwards and defensemen scored in the game and helped the Wild win. Multiple defensemen scored in the game, which is kind of funny when you think about it. So we'll leave it as is. We'll come back, <clears throat> preview a couple games, especially this Columbus one coming up. Oh, doggy. And then we'll talk about the prospects, and we'll interact a tiny bit on Facebook. Here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, and here we go, ladies and gentlemen, time to preview the game of 2016, at least for the start of 2016-17 season, the, the final day, the final game of the year, 2016, couldn't end with a more important game, honestly. It doesn't get more important than this in December. <laughs> the two hottest teams in hockey, two of the best records in the league, okay, a couple teams are ahead of the Wild, a couple, Pittsburgh, New York, and Chicago. So we get number one versus number four. Number two in the Western Conference versus number one in the East. I can't believe I'm saying this. The Columbus Blue Jackets are number one in the East. And, man, um, it's obviously, again, the two hottest teams in hockey. 14 wins in a row for Columbus, which is, I just can't even believe that. That's like Chicago Blackhawks a couple of years ago. So, huh. I mean, something has got to give here. And also, at the same time, don't be too surprised if one or both of these teams meet in the Stanley Cup Finals 
that's you know it, it, it's possible. Um, I'm trying to be very careful saying that, but again, don't be surprised if one of these two teams is in the final this year, Stanley Cup final this year. <clears throat> it's going to be very interesting though. Because when you're this hot, there's a chance that your team is legitimate and they're going to go very, very far. Uh, home ice advantage very much in play for both clubs at this point. Wild, again, number two seed in the entire Western Conference. But you always got teams breathing down your back, boy. You really do. And Columbus has two teams in Pittsburgh, the Stanley Cup champions, Penguins, only one point behind them. And the New York Rangers, who've been strong for a while, though the Wild made <laughs> quick work of them. A couple of weeks ago, had a much easier time against them than they had did against the Islanders, which is just freaking weird. I, I don't know what the deal is with the Islanders and the Wild. Uh, it's always been something, <clears throat> always, except when Chad Johnson was in net that one night and the Wild won six to three a couple of years back. But things very different now. So let's get moving. Columbus Blue Jackets. The Wild will play them again on March the second. We'll see how important that game is at that stage. At least uh, how important in terms of like how good these teams are, how hot they're playing, and such. And yes, John Tortorella, the ever-hated coach, <laughs> former New York Rangers coach who had much success, couldn't get past the uh, New Jersey Devils with Zach Parisi in 2012. Luckily for us, Zach Parisi came here, but then again, I don't know, I wish the success level was a little higher, but it was at some point <laughs> bouncing everywhere with that one. Uh, ultimately, Tortorella, after a disappointing season after that, was let go, and then the new coach, he, he went to, well, he went to Vancouver, didn't last too long there. The former Vancouver coach went to New York, and then they went back to the finals and didn't play that well against the LA Kings until later in that series. Ultimately did not finish well for Lundqvist, Henrik Lundqvist, and the New York Rangers, unfortunately for them. Rangers very veteran-laden at the time. I'm going all over the place again, I'm sorry, but <laughs> Torrella also the coach of the uh, 2004, I keep getting them mixed up with Carolina, but 2004 Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. So Tortorella has been there and done that. He's won a cup before. He has a shelf life, but right now it's he it's prime and ready to rock and roll right now. When Tortorella went to Columbus, you thought, oh, whatever. It's kind of a joke. It's probably his last stop. Maybe he'll... <laughs> uh, I'm trying to compare him to a former baseball manager that is escaping me right now. It'll probably pop back up in a little bit, but okay, let's just keep moving. Obviously, horrible relationship with the media and such. Columbus also, though, beneficiaries with the uh, in the Chicago with the Chicago Blackhawks trade about a year and a half ago. That ended up bringing Brandon Saad to the. Columbus Blue Jackets. He's done very well. He's on their top line. You got lots of talented players on this roster. The goaltending has been just unfreaking believable. Sergei Bobrovsky has been unbelievable. Sergei Bobrovsky. He's probably the third best goalie in the league right now, behind Dubnik and Carey Price. Uh, goals against average one point nine five. Record of record win loss record of twenty three and five. So he's got all five losses. Ooh, that's terrible. All five losses for Columbus. That's all they've lost all season. Three shutouts on the year. Save percentage, 93.5. And, and then you have a backup goalie who's, who's seen very limited action but has been very strong. Of course, it helps when you have a team playing good defense in front of you as well in five games. Two two wins, a 1.99 goals against average. Save percentage, 93.8. Crazy. Um, no shutouts for him, ultimately. Two overtime losses for Sergei uh, Bravrovsky and Curtis McElhenney. Uh, Two overtime losses, so they've only had one regulation loss the entire season. That's, jeez, unbelievable. I mean, they've been in every game pretty much the entire freaking season. You've got veterans, you've got youth, you've got talent. Uh, Cam Atkinson leading the way 
for Columbus at this stage. Nick Folingo, one of the better players, 31 points on the season, top line right winger. Alexander Wenningberg centering and only eight goals on the year, but 24 assists leading the way for this club uh, called the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Sam Gagne was a player some people were talking about the Wild would hopefully get at a cheap price and they could get him in the bottom six. Columbus scoops him up and look at him now. I mean, geez, he's one of their best players. I mean, he's one of the best players. Sam Gagne, I, I can't believe it. Uh, 23. Uh, what am I saying? Uh, 28 points on the season, 14 goals, 14 assists for Sam Gagne, a player, again, we only wish we could have on this roster right now. That's that's too bad. Uh, we could use it, but at least other players are stepping up. Uh, so thank God for that. <laughs> Scott Hartnell, also an uh, old, old veteran who's been around for so long, 22 points on the season, still going strong. Oh, man. Mm. This is going to be a tough, tough goal for the Wild. The Wild played them. I played them multiple times on, on New Year's Eve. It seems like a tradition. No, nobody thought it was going to be the. Uh, nobody thought it was going to be anything quite like it has become. Uh, they still list Sam Gagne as a fourth liner, which is crazy, but he's he's not. Uh, he he moves up. He moves up on occasion, but he's been incredibly valuable regardless of what line he's on. You're going to get obviously a lot of. Uh, you're going to get a lot of shuffling, especially with a guy like Tortorella, who's a bit crazy. Going to be pretty cool, pretty cool matchup. Two teams that uh, obviously started in 2000. You know, you wouldn't believe how many people at work that actually watch sports, you know, they have a clue about sports that don't know who the Columbus Blue Jackets are. And it's like, well, they did come in the expansion. They're in the same expansion class as the Minnesota Wild, and they came out the same year. Now, there were four expansion teams that came out, but just like the Timberwolves many years ago, there were other teams that came out a couple of years earlier because their arena was ready. Um, you know, it, it was an arena situation where if your arena's ready, you're ready to rock and roll. Like, Las Vegas was awarded uh, expansion team, and just a year later, they have the, the Vegas Golden Knights, bada-bing, bada-boom, because the arena was ready to go. The Wild still had the Civic Center standing there. God bless that poor building. It's too bad to see it go. You know, I mean, it was an awesome building, but uh, lots of memories there. But, of course, not NHL, not up to NHL standards. Too small. And it was old, too, but the size was more of a problem than the age. Um, but Columbus... Same situation. Of course, you had Nashville start first, all the way back in '98. Then you had the Atlanta Thrashers. God rest their uh, God rest their franchise. They're now the Winnipeg Jets 2.0, uh, playing just uh, maybe about 500 miles north of here in uh, Winnipeg, just north of Minnesota there. Um, and then, of course, you had the Minnesota Wild and Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, everybody knows who the Minnesota Wild are, I would hope, especially if you're listening to this show. Duh. But the Columbus Blue Jackets, so many people did not know who they were. came out the same year. Uh, the nickname, at first, see, they had a B in the early days, which is hard to remember now. But, yeah, there was a B. But ultimately, it turned into a, a Civil War thing, which is kind of funny. <laughs> a Civil War Blue Jacket Union Army deal there with that, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, this is the most I'm going to ever talk about Columbus on this show, probably, unless they win the Stanley Cup. Damn it. I hope we get it before them. But, mm-hmm. It's going to be one hell of a run here to see how things go. But yeah, it's the Union Army in the Civil War. Which is, But here's another crazy irony. I'll just mention this right now, even though it's not really related. It kind of is, very vaguely. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets, their logo was a B. <laughs> and ironically, that was named after the uh, Confederate Army uh, defense plan. The Charlotte Hornets defense plan. It, it was a defense uh, strategy by the Confederate Army. So, within the Civil War. So, it's just kind of funny. You have multiple Civil War teams that involved bees at one point. <laughs> I, I don't know. 
Um, limited success, but some success. And yeah, okay, let's just keep moving here. Can the Wild win this game? Yes. Will they? Uh, I hope so. I hope so. I, I really do. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. This is going to be something else. Uh, they beat the Kings recently. They beat Pittsburgh 7-1. to one. They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 7-1. to one. This is weird. Yeah, this is weird. Because the Wild beat up on the Penguins, too. Like, the Penguins, one of the best teams in the in the NHL, still. And they, they won the Stanley Cup last year, but they're actually they have a better record this year than last year. Last year, they were a team that had a good record. But it's like they were playing better than everybody else, and they took over and won it all. But to see this club just roll through these teams, it's like, what the hell? They beat Pittsburgh 7-1. to one. And it's funny how he both beat up on them. What's up with that? So Penguins beat everybody but Minnesota-Columbus, I guess. Just about. Um, I'm sure they beat the Rangers, too. They always beat the Rangers. <laughs> uh, I don't know who's going to win this game. I, I really don't know. It's like pick em. It really is. Oh, this just reeks of a pick em type of game. I mean, you got the two very good goalies. You got a uh, Columbus's depth is, is better, but then again, now you got Jordan Schrader scoring for the Wild. Guys like that. Schrader's stepping up a bit. Um, Halla, his numbers have been increasing. Parisi has been playing better. It is a home game. The Wilds' history on December the 31st has been terrible, but it seems like everything that was bad under Mike Yo has been good under Bruce Boudreaux. I'm going to pick a victory for the Wild, and I think the Wild end the streak of the Columbus Blue Jackets and continue our own. That's my stance, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. The Wild will win this game. I'm scary to death without Dubnik. See, that's the one reason why I think we might lose. If Dubnik is somehow losing a little bit of that magic temporarily, um, that New York Islander game was not good. Uh, but if that's his bad game and then he's back to himself again, the Wild will win this game 2-1, to one, I think. But, uh, uh, boy, uh, nobody scores in this freaking Columbus team. That's what scares the crap out of me. Though Winnipeg did get three goals, Boston got three goals, so there's hope. Wild win 3-2 to two over the Columbus Blue Jackets, and it will end in overtime. Overtime victory for the Wild, maybe even a shootout, but it will go to an extra period. Columbus will collect their 55th point of the year, but the Wild will collect their 53rd. Ladies and gentlemen, um, that's what the exciting part will be coming into this one. It'll be our 52nd, not 53rd, uh, points of the season. And there will be only two points, three points behind Columbus for the best record in the NHL. And the battle will continue between Minnesota and Chicago for first place in the not only the Central Division, but the Western Conference. And we have played four less games than the Chicago Blackhawks, if you can believe that. That is nuts. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. So there it is, Columbus. Uh, maybe a preview of the Stanley Cup Finals. Maybe. That sounds really far-fetched at this point, but anything is possible, as Kevin Garnett would say. Totally non-related to this sport. I don't know why I'm talking about that clown anyway. <laughs> I'm so mean, aren't I? So let's, uh, now you got a preview possibly of the Western Conference Finals, huh? The Western Conference Finals, the Western Conference Champion, San Jose Sharks. San Jose Sharks, this one will be in the Shark Tank Thursday, January the 5th. That's a long... Long break. Long break. Um, hopefully the Wild will be not be pissed off about losing to the Columbus Blue Jackets, but they'll be excited, and hopefully this won't be a trap game. But uh, it reeks of it. Uh, the Wild schedule is getting real tough after this. I mean, real tough. Yeah, San Jose Sharks. First meeting of the season, first out of three, January the 5th, March the 5th, and March the 21st, the Wild will play the Sharks. Luckily for the Wild, both home games coming up, but this one will be in the tank. So, uh-oh. The Wild don't play well in the Shark Tank. Uh, occasionally, they do win there. 
I can't remember if they won there, there last year or two years ago. I think we played there twice last year and we won once and got steamrolled once. Like we won the first time and we got killed again uh, late in the year. If I do remember correctly, I think that's what happened. Uh, yep, it must have been two on the road and one at home, or this year it's a switch off. I'm guessing, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how it goes. Joe Pavelski, same, all the same guys, all the same cast of characters. Joe Thornton, way down in the gold category, though, but his assists still the same. The old, wily veteran with that gray beard now. Boy, number one pick for Boston way back in 97. Man, 20 years ago. Yeah, that is crazy. Uh, 22 assists, only two goals in the season. Pretty much just working on keep, uh, just keeping <laughs> keeping everyone else happy and obviously keeping the flow of the offense rolling, making nice passes, setting up the Joel Pulvaskis and and others out there. Patrick Marlowe, all the all the same cactus cast of characters still there. Paul Martin is there for a second year, obviously leaving the Pittsburgh Penguins, much to his chagrin, I'm sure because he missed out on a Stanley Cup championship. Played, and then, finally, the Penguins break through and they beat him. Ah, oh, I feel for you, Paul Martin. I really do. Solid defenseman. The Wild could always use him. But then again, our defense is strong, too. 12 points on the year for the former Gopher, multi-time national champion back in 02 and 03. Back-to-back champions. I love that. Thomas Hurdle, Mr. Highlight. Only 9 points in 17 games. The guy can't stay healthy, and he's not that good. He just had a good start to his career, but since then... No, no, no. He just had a nice start. That's about it. Uh, Martin Jones, it was very strong last season during that playoff run. Had a disappointing Stanley Cup Finals, I'd have to say. Got beat by Andy Murray. Andy Murray was awesome for Pittsburgh, and he's still not full-time starter for the Penguins much to... I don't know. I guess the Penguins just score so much, it doesn't matter. Uh, This Sharks team is so good, and they're still... They're they're, they're leading their division right now. They're still a, a Western Conference, you know candidate. They still have a legitimate shot of winning the Western Conference again. And if the Wild go to the finals, they're going to have to beat the Sharks probably. Well, maybe. I mean, they'll have to beat the Blackhawks for sure <laughs> unless somebody upsets them in the first round, which I would love to see. But you'll see a St. Louis if that takes place. So it's not going to be easy no matter what. If you're going to go to the finals, everybody's tough. Don't think we'll be seeing uh, Boudreaux versus the, the Ducks. But again, you still never know. The Ducks might get better. They're only three points behind the Sharks. Edmonton's still a possibility. It's just funny how the playoffs set up, but it's kind of good, too. It really creates rivalries like back in the old days because you would always play your divisions back in the day. One through four would make the playoffs back in the old days, and then you would stay in the division, and eventually you'd play the other division for the uh, conference championship. Um, I like that. It, it does create rivalries. It's frustrating, though, if there's a kind of a semi-dynasty or a full-on dynasty type of team in your division because you're going to have a hell of a time getting to the finals with that situation. You're just going to have to hope somebody upsets them if you don't get stuck playing them in the first round, but the odds are you will see them in round number two at some point. So people out there quaking the Wild and the Blackhawks to face off in the Cup uh, West Finals, it's very unlikely. Um, It depends sometimes because certain certain years you have a situation where one division is way better than the other so you're going to get more teams in the playoffs like the wild card you're going to get two wild card teams from the same division that would be the only possible way maybe where Blackhawks would be on the other side but I don't think that's going to happen that way I truly doubt that uh who knows though maybe we'll be on the other side like we're so good we get to be the number two seed on the other side but uh not sure if that's going to continue that way the wild would probably have to be the third seed with the way the playoffs are set up today Look at me talking about the playoffs. Way too early. Way too early. I apologize. Um, this game does not feel like a win to me. Uh, I love the. I love how the Wild are playing. It, it would just figure, though, you beat Columbus and then you lose to the, the Sharks. 
But it wouldn't be like, oh, what a horrible loss. It would be kind of like, a, well, yeah, we, we never beat these guys. It would be one of those. Um, and that's kind of where I'm heading right now. Um, I don't think the Wild will beat the Sharks in the tank. I think the chances are much better coming up in March. Maybe we'll be, well, maybe we'll beat them twice then if we're still playing as good as we can, uh, as good as we have been anyway. Uh, oh, most likely guy to score, score in the Columbus game. Zach Parisi. I got a feeling Zach Parisi is going to be a big factor in that game. A sneaky feeling. He's going to have something to do with it. But one way or another, I think he'll put the puck in the net. Maybe if he's just if it's just a lucky goal or whatever. I just got to I can just sense Zach Parisi will score in that game. As for the Sharks, San Jose Sharks game, Charlie Coyle is going to score against the team that traded him away for Brent Burns, who's been phenomenal. <laughs> and he's been great for so long. 34 points this year for the Sharks. I already mentioned that. Um I think the Sharks are going to win, though. I'm, I'm going to go 3-2 to Sharks, unfortunately. I think the Wild will not win the game. Uh, I don't know if Kemper will be in net or not. I don't recommend it, but, you know, you can't play Dubnik every night. And if Kemper gets or Dubnik gets shelled by Columbus tonight, i got to definitely think Kemper will be in net, even though it's a long break. Um, Dubnik will most likely be in net against the Sharks, though, because of that. Uh, 3-2 to two loss wild in regulation to the Sharks. Maybe it'll go to overtime, but I'm going to go with regulation. So the streak will end against the Sharks, in my humble opinion. Uh, schedule gets uh, a lot tougher coming up. We'll look at that here in a second as we continue to jump around before I get into the prospects and such. Oh, man, I don't know what I'm thinking here. <laughs> uh, it's going to get so much tougher, though. That's what I'm afraid of. You're going to be playing Eastern Conference teams, Western Conference, but regardless, you're going to be playing very good teams coming up in the coming week and a half and such. You got the you got the Sharks, obviously, at LA. That's never been easy. At Anaheim's never been easy. Home game against Montreal, not easy at all. They're still great, obviously. Uh, luckily, it's at home. Hopefully, that helps. And then you go to Dallas, you go to Chicago, holy cow, and then New Jersey. This is well into January. Things get way easier in New Jersey, Arizona at home. Anaheim at home is winnable. Nashville, we better win that at home if we can beat them on the road. I mean, we did a great job on the road with Nashville this year. So, yeah, it, it's, the streak's not going to last forever. It can't. That's common sense. So we'll kind of slide around here. And before I jump into the uh, Iowa Wild, we'll talk a little bit about Kirill Kaprizov, who's really been doing well in the uh, in the world. He had a hat trick the other night, and he's been a uh, he's he's a captain of his team. Kunin's a captain of his team. I mean, it's just been so cool. Jordan Greenway's been playing super well in the world. Also, lots of heavy compliments uh, from the coach there. Very happy with how things are going with some of the with a lot of these guys. So again, this is why Chuck Fletcher still has his job because there were some disappointments. But you know what? They did. Some of these players didn't have the right coach. You get the right coach, and you're seeing more and more out of the Mikhail Granlins, Nito Niederreiters, and such. And Coyle's going from a guy who's maybe a 40 point guy to a 70 point guy. That helps. And Alex Tuck has been improving as well. We'll talk about that in a second. We'll do the usual Dmitry Sokolov watch. Uh, yeah, Kaprizov absolutely has been playing. Better and better. And now you got two more points for our old buddy, Dmitry Sokolov. He's now at 32 points in 32 games for the Sudbury Wolves. He clearly uh, accumulated two more points in the two games the Sudbury Wolves played this last week. you got to love what you're seeing out of him. It's pretty cool, to be quite honest with you. And as we try to check in on the Iowa Wild, uh, good news on the Mario Lucia front. He's really been... He's he's been picking it up of late. He he had two points last week, three points in one game this week, a goal and two assists. 
this past week in one game. That was awesome. Alex Tuck is up to 17 points. Timo Pulkinen dominating at the AHL level in only 23 games, 20 points. Schrader, of course, is now on the Minnesota Wild. Much more productive than Pulkinen at the NHL level, which tells you, Pulkinen versus Schrader. It's Schrader. It's Schrader and no turning back when it comes to those two, as far as I'm concerned. I'm sorry to say that with Pulkinen. I, I wish, I, you know, he's the kind of guy, he, you'd think he would break through and be a decent player, and he did break through a little bit with the uh, Detroit Red Wings, but I think Schrader has still has serious potential in the NHL to be a really good bottom six guy. Uh, third, fourth line, hardworking guy who can break loose. Kind of a West Walls, in a sense. Uh, don't get mad at me now for comparing him to West Walls, but he's got this, the ability to just attack and start a breakaway, which can lead to goals. You know, be it a nice pass or finishing himself on the play, like West Walls did back in the good old days creating turnovers and benefiting off of somebody else creating a turnover and attacking the and attacking the uh, the, the net. Gotta love uh, what Jordan Schrader does. He's small in stature, but he is a hard-working SOB. Um, he's starting to show that work ethic that, that was lacking in the past. You're, you're seeing it now. You're, uh, you're getting a response from him from thanks to Bruce Boudreaux, and now you're starting to see what this guy can do at the NHL level because he's been so good. Uh, he was dominant, just crazy good with the Gophers years ago in the late 2000s and then now and then at the AHL level he's just he's like a you know one of the top players in the AHL so why shouldn't he be an NHL player luckily some of that is starting to translate to the NHL you did not see it out of Timo Polkanen and some of the other guys like Konen you know you're you're not, you're not they're just not NHL level players unfortunately he's an AHL player unfortunately for him hopefully Mario Lushi is the next guy to break loose and Gustav Olsson finally finally adding his 10th assist Actually, it was his third goal, pardon me, his third goal of the season. He was at two goals, ten assists. Finally, his 13th point of the season. <laughs> Olsen started so strong, and then it was like forever. Nothing going for Mr. Gustav Olsen. As now we will dread to briefly move into some fan interaction, but I'll also give you some announcements in that, uh, or not announcements, but pass on the information. All this will be in the show description, of course. Uh, for the uh, Twitter account, it is at Brave the Wild. That's at Brave the Wild. For Twitter, for Facebook, it is Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. I really appreciate those of you that are kind enough to check it out and listen to the show. Benny Allen and Chad Oye. Oh, there you go. So those guys like the, those guys like the most recent show. He must be a regular listener. Uh, that's good to hear. Uh, of course, uh, and we get a uh, response from Benny Allen here. He was saying, Kirill Kaprizov is killing it at the Worlds with a hat-trick today. Good to see a score on the prospect list. And yeah, that's the Russian, Kirill Kaprizov. So it'll be really nice to see a, <laughs> a Russian player with the Wild again. It's been a long time. Um, we've had a couple in the system. Some worked out, some didn't, obviously. You had some... Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's been a while. But uh, Kaprizov, really strong performer. He was only a fifth-round pick in 2015, but still, yeah, only 19 years old and showing some serious promise for the serious promise over there for the uh, for the uh, out there in the worlds for the Ruskies. Really, really exciting in that sense. Um, hoping that continues to uh, hope that continues to translate as he moves forward. Maybe we'll see him on the Iowa Wild next year, possibly. Maybe I don't know. Maybe another year after that. Sometimes sometimes it drags on for a little while, but Luke Coonan has been absolutely great. The uh, coach there, really impressed with him, and of course, uh, extremely impressed with Jordan Greenway with his size and scoring ability. Just brings it all. A hard worker, just a six foot four. I'm, I'm impressed with Jordan Greenway, too, and I think the Minnesota Wild ultimately will uh, be very excited to have him 
at the NHL level. He'll certainly see time in the AHL, maybe maybe a whole year down there first, depending on how, on how quickly his development is is moving along. There is a call-in line to the show. It is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to Brave the Wild. And do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine on the show. Keep it from a minute to three. You, you can go up, up to three minutes. It would be very welcome on the show. Very encouraged as well. Multiple ways to get on board. Of course, there's the call now button. So if you're international, you can get in through the Facebook Messenger, which is 100% free. And 100% fun. I used to use that segment. <laughs> it's been a while. Or not segment. I used to use that little phrase. Uh, same situation there. Keep it to a minute to three. Same exact. And then, of course, there's the audio submission route where you could use your voice uh, recorder on your cell phone, smart device, whatever it is. Treat it the same way as a phone call and then email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Live at yahoo.com. Again, all of that will be in the show description. Uh, so if you're wondering how to spell that, if it's kind of a weird word, you're just... So, um, <clears throat> so that with that, we'll wrap things up. Want to thank you very much for your loyalty to the show. Please uh, do give a positive rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or uh, iTunes or Stitcher if you could. It would be appreciated so much. I would love to have you <laughs> do that. I would give you a big thanks on the show. I'd give you a huge shout out, and just it only helps potential listeners to come to the show. Uh, it just makes it look better. So please, if you could do that, it would be so greatly appreciated. I want to wish you a happy new year. Hopefully it's a very, very happy one with a wild wind tonight, but we'll hopefully <laughs> we'll go for the best year into 2017. I think the wild will continue their strong play winning streak uh, alive or not. The strong play of the Minnesota wild will continue. They'll hit some bumps in the road, but I do believe this team will get home ice advantage of some sort in the postseason. Be it just the first round, maybe all the way to the conference final, maybe the Stanley Cup final, who knows. But I think home ice advantage will be in play this year, and it's really cool to be a division leader. Uh, Again, thank you all very much for your loyalty to the show. It's been a great pleasure doing it for as long as I have already, which is crazy. Kind of a cute little show, you could say. Um... Would like to broaden it out a bit, more listeners, but then again, those of you that have been listening, I want to thank you very much. I appreciate you so much. It's, you know, everything you do is worth the weight in gold for the show. Just commenting or whatever it is, um, or telling your friends would be greatly appreciated as well. With that, again, Happy New Year. Stay safe, use common sense, and we'll talk to you in 2017.